0: So there's some foxes shagging in our garden. Hello, and welcome to episode 34 of the Floorhammer Podcast, the light take on the grim dark. I'm Rich O'Keefe, and I'm joined by the man who has followed in the Badden's footsteps by saying, Sure, why not have another go?
1: It's <laughs> Tim Coulson. Always one more go. Always one more go. How many 13
0: did he get up to? Uh,
1: he's, he's, I think it was just one long 13. <laughs>
0: One continuous. One
1: continuous 13. Yeah. That's a slow nation in him though, just as long as it. Anyway. Anyway, um,
0: moving on. So as as you may have guessed, Dave is absent for another week. His paternity leave covers him four weeks according to his contract. So he's got another two weeks of peace.
1: That's a good contract. I work in payroll. I can tell you that's a, that's a good contract.
0: <laughs> so he's hoping to be back by the next show. So Tim has kindly stepped in after our uh, fun times last time.
1: It was fun. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. Thanks for coming back again, Tim. So let's get Dave's favorite bit out of the way. As always, you can Excuses. Find- <laughs> we'll move on to that in oh, okay. a second. As always, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash podcast, our website floorhammerpodcast.com, and our Instagram handle at floorhammer underscore podcast. So how have you been in the last couple of weeks then, Tim?
1: I've been good. I've been good. I hurt myself a couple of weeks oh, uh, god, last Oh god, it started. Week. It started. Uh, no, 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 nothing like that. But I've uh, I uh, had a gratuitous dancing injury, um, <laughs> which uh, ended up with me my torso going one way, my leg, my left knee decided not to follow it. I've twisted my knee a little bit. I had a, a knee brace on for a little while.
0: I'm glad you yeah. did that. After your 10 after K- my run. 10k run and not beforehand. Me too. So so all that effort and exercise really sort of uh, honed off. your body. Then
1: paid off. Yeah, <clears> it was <throat> fantastic. Uh, my body is a temple. I say as I've been eating arrow and everything and just yep. a whole load of nonsense today. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's been going well. Been going well. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, I've been good. I've been good. I have been busy doing some progress, which has been nice. Nice. Um, uh, it was good to get the renovation DIY crap out of the way. Yep. And uh, kind of get back to having some scheduled hobby time.
1: It is nice having it, having space to do it. I had like five years of no space and, and thus five years of no hobby. And it's so nice to actually have somewhere to do it now.
0: Yeah, I think it kind of is good for your mentality to sort of have somewhere to sit and go and do hobby. Um, like I do have a tray for doing stuff on the the sofa and occasionally in front of the TV. But generally speaking, it's nice to have somewhere to go and sit and and get, get things going. Yeah, really, really does. So we've got quite a busy uh, docket. By the looks of things, thanks to G-Dubs and the last couple of days of Fantastic. them throwing out everything under the sun for Space Marines.
1: Yep. We can move on and move swiftly on from that then. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Best episode to have you on for, Tim. When it's <laughs> Imperium, Imperium, Imperium. Yeah. Uh, we've got a topic to chat through, which will be interesting. Yep. And going to round it off with some hobby tips.
1: As always. Loving it. So,
0: update from Dave. He is doing quite well. I went to see him last week for a quick visit and meet the little one. He's very good.
1: How's his hobby progress coming on?
0: Well, his child's still in one piece, so I consider that a win. That's,
1: that's a win. Fantastic. <laughs> Managed
0: to throw up all over me. The baby, not
1: Dave. Oh, okay. Fine. I, I was going to ask.
0: <laughs> I don't think you can go and meet someone's kid and not have them vomit on you slightly. I think it's just part of the deal. I'm I mean, kind of used to it.
1: Depends on the age of the kid, surely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my son's thrown up anyone recently, so we're all right.
1: I, yeah, he hasn't done that on me yet. So I'm saying yet, because by the sounds of it, that's a plan that you have <laughs> for him at some point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, he just gave you a tattoo. Oh, yeah, that's
1: true. He did give you a lovely tattoo.
0: So right, let's roll on to talking about actual hobby progress. Tim, Tims, do you want to go first?
1: Uh, sure. So I've hurt my leg, and uh, <laughs> um, no, so I haven't actually had much in the way of hobby progress. I've got a little bit done. So this week, I spent a good portion of it up in Manchester with work. So I haven't had a chance. Oh, your work,
0: work travel. You've been your reading, work you've travel. You've been reading Dave's guide on how to get out of doing hobby. I you? have,
1: however, however, because you know, I mean, I did, a, I did, I went up uh, to Manchester. There's a great. Um, shop nearby um, where I stay called Elements uh, Element War Games or the Element War Games. So, uh, oh yeah, cool. Yeah, yep. really good, really nice hobby centre up there. Um, and so I pl- I went up there and played some magic. Um, okay, but uh, your because other, your other expensive, my lives. other my other expense. Um, however, I can't do that every night. So on the other nights that I was there, I took up some models and I was. I can't. I couldn't really do much in the way of painting. I've done some making, so I've assembled my third and final current final squad of uh, Cabalite warriors. This is for the new for my new Cabal. Yep. Um, And then I've also started making my uh, second unit of ten scourges as well.
0: Oh, okay. So you've wow. You must have loads of scourge bits then. I've got a large. Yeah, yeah. I've got
1: currently. I think. well, I've got three boxes of scourge bit of scourges plus uh, a large amount of stuff which I've just kind of. Bits which I bought offline, online just to uh, just to add extra bits to it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm midway through making those at the moment. Have
0: you managed to do them all with bird wings, or did you have to use some of the bat wings?
1: I think I can do all with bird wings. Ooh,
0: that's like the dream for you, isn't it? It
1: is, though I'm tempted to use a set of bat wings just to be able to identify the side of right. The squad leader. I was gonna say thank you for that. Yeah, that, I was thinking
0: that was the squad leader. Yeah, yes. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, yes. well done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. Um, but I, I don't because I don't like doing extra cool weapons or anything like that. They all no. aren't the same. they are shooter unit. There is no need to give them a sword or a, a yeah. whip or anything like that. So I figure if I can do something that's just just a little bit different, just to highlight the difference. Um, unfortunately, my first squad was back in the day when you didn't have to have a solarite. So I didn't. It wasn't worth the point. So I didn't. Now the only way I've got to of uh, differentiating it is with a uh, uh, an Eldar head on its base. So okay. um, that's something. It's something at least. It's something at least. But yeah, now this way I'm gonna. I think I might just do something just to add a little bit of a little, make it a little more obvious which is which.
0: I do like that in Eighth. Now you get all those command upgrades, so to speak, from the days gone. Uh, for free, you don't have to pay a, yeah. a tax for them because some units you just were like, oh, "I'm just not going to bother." But you have these core cool bits in the box that you wanted to use, but then you wouldn't do it because it just wasn't worth it.
1: Yeah, I really like that as well. It, it, it's I find it strange that you have th- on on uh, like a shooting unit like the Scourges, where they are they really don't want to get into combat. Their upgrade is an extra attack, whereas you could possibly have done it an extra ballistic skill or something like that. You know, I, I think it, you would you would think it would be the other way around, but that's just uh, me and my um, little small little gripes with uh, with my codices. What about yourself? How's your hobby progress gone?
0: Yeah, it has been good. So as I mentioned, obviously got all the renovations and stuff out the way, which is good. So I kind of, as part of that, which I classify as hobby progress, I've had a one reorganisation of where everything goes to make it fit more efficiently. And I do love my efficiencies, so that was good to get things a bit more in order and actually remember where the hell half my stuff is. Yeah, I kind of got to the point where I just bundled so many things into drawers and boxes. I knew I had certain bits or sets around i just didn't know where the hell they were so i've used the process of taking everything out of the cupboards and going back in again to one put it in order and to actually get rid of some stuff that i don't need that's fair a
1: hobby purge is always good i had a hobby purge when i was uh when i moved house and i had to it was about five years ago and got rid of everything every every extraneous thing so i lost or what i say lost but all, all of my bits and everything like that went which is why uh Part of the reason I've had no hobby for the last... I didn't have a hobby for five years as well.
0: That is quite extreme. I mean, I didn't get rid of anything on that scale. I mean, my wife would like me to, but I didn't. Uh, Yeah, so I mean, I sold a load of stuff. I had things like... So from back in the day, my Space Marines from 5th edition, I had 5 rhinos because you just had everything mechanised back then. Um, Now, no one's going to spend... What's 5 rhinos is 350 points. No one's going to spend 350 points on rhinos. Or... Are they? No, they're not, Tim.
1: Not on 350 points, but are Rhino's going to be better now with what's coming out, Rich?
0: I don't know if Rhino's going to get any better, which is why I didn't sell all of them. So, Always nice move. I, sold, I had five, I sold three. Um, I kept one that I'd actually painted in my new colour scheme and transferred across the new scheme, and I kept one that has all the Forge World bits on it. Nice. It's like the ultramarine doors and the yep. eagle back ramp and all that All jazz. the stuff that
1: made it look cool that when we were slightly ha- younger and had a little bit more... Uh, disposable income yes. we go yeah oh, yeah. let's just do that yeah
0: yeah well that was it was for the command run, oh, okay, yeah, so yeah. to speak Um. so it had all the all the upgrades but yeah I wasn't gonna do it on all five of them screw that Um. so I kept that one because I didn't want to sell that on and got rid of the others and a whole load of extra stuff that I had that I knew I was never gonna get around to like I had the plague marines where I bought the big box of conquest stuff off ebay yep as we mentioned last time, I'm not going to get round to doing them, so they went. So yeah, them and a whole bunch of other stuff. I still then, after that, went and had a second pass and just put a few more things in the box and got rid of them. So it feels good. It gives you a little bit of hobby slush funds um, and clears out stuff that you just were never going to get round
1: to finishing. And kind of clears out your mind as well a little bit.
0: It does. And I got a few projects back out on the hobby desk that have been stashed away for a long time. Um, I had Hellblasters from my Ultramarines that I'd... Half painted. I've done all the line highlighting, which is the horrible bit.
1: What are right so
0: They are the oh right, sorry Tim. Yes, for for the non-imperial fans out there, Tim and everybody else. Um, so they're the guys with the giant plasma guns, the Primaris. Oh
1: yeah, guns. yeah, yeah. I've, I have um, I have actually faced those. I faced a Dark Angel. Oh god, the
0: Dark Angel one. ones are horrendous. Yeah, they were because of their stratagem. That and they had the, a banner that did them yeah, stuff. And yeah. Okay, you played that combo. So yeah, I just yeah. have five of them because they came in the Dark Imperium box set. Yeah, as I said, the line highlighted them up, which was the awkward bit. So now I'm just going to do like, I've got to do the plasma glow and a couple of details and a shoulder pad and then it's done. So that's nice. quite good. So I can get them done and in time for the new Space Marines coming out.
1: Fantastic. More on that to come.
0: Yes. And then I found more Space Marines. So I found um, a whole bunch of other Eagle Warriors stuff that I'd started. So those are the guys I did before with the blue and white split yep. color scheme. Um, I got them back out on the desk and thought, I should finish these guys. I've done the blue and the white. I've just got to do the recess shade and then a line highlight. And I thought, ah, oh, this isn't so bad. I've just got the last little bit to do. Two models in, I remember why I put them in the box in the first place, because blue and white split scheme is miserable. Yeah,
1: I imagine it would be.
0: I did it in the old white scheme as well, which was ceramite white, which was the old base paint you can't okay, get yeah. anymore. Not Duncan's method where he does it and grey. Right. With a white highlight so that you don't have to be as fastidious with yeah. the white and it doesn't go all powdery on you. Yeah, so I've got to stick with it. Yeah, they've gone back in the box.
1: <laughs> so uh, just, just remind us, what was your, um, at the beginning of the year, what was your uh, your resolutions for. Oh,
0: so resolutions were finished four projects. Okay. So Imperial Knights, done. done. Death Guard, done. done. Nice. Drukari, they're in a box behind me. I've seen. The last two models to be primed and, and ready to be sprayed blue. So, that's on the way, and then Orcs, which I think Orcs might fall off the wagon by the end of the year, to be honest with you. Now, do you have
1: another... Well, let's face it, I actually think you could say the renovation of your room is a project still.
0: It is, but it wasn't on my to-do list, so to speak, so...
1: I'd still count uh, that as a project done, so you're just down to, you know, and as your co-host now, I think it counts... (laughs)
0: No, you're way more supportive than Dave. Mainly because I berate him about his poor hobby excuses. That's probably why.
1: Yeah, I, I don't set myself. T- if I don't set goals, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't miss them. That's my aim for for my hobby. Is that what you put in your mid year review at work? <laughs> and end of year, and, <laughs> and all of them. <laughs> any review I have, yeah, I have also. I've just remembered. I have also been doing some uh, painting, some uh, power armor myself. Actually,
0: really, is it the Chaos uh, Noise Marine? It is. Okay, I've,
1: good. I picked up a. I, I, I picked you that back up before. I did. Um, I started painting it and I uh, I had a look at I was trying to work out how to do leopard print and around oh. the time it came out um, Duncan put a thing up saying this is how you paint leopard print. It's mad though isn't it? It's crazy. Um, I looked at that and went "Oh, I, I can, that's, that seems really quite easy. I didn't have all the colours for it but I was like ah, th- these will be good enough. So I tried it and it didn't look great. I wasn't okay. happy with it. So I then realised why. Because leopard print is actually essentially a, when you're painting it like a brownie yellow. Right. Yes. I don't think that's really noise, Marina. Enough for me. Okay. So I've done mine in a. Uh, I did mine in cavallite green, highlighted with a uh, a mix cavallite green and a and white. Yep. Okay. And then washed with a 1990s uh, turquoise glaze. Oh wow. Yep. And then over that, I've done, and I've only done on one leg so far, but I've done black and pink spots.
0: Oh my good lord.
1: Essentially copying the color scheme from a, uh, a shirt, a, a work shirt that my wife has. Really? Yep. Uh, and the only thing that's missing is a little bit of yellow, so I'm just going to add a couple of yellow spots onto it as well. And I think that I think that is going to be suitably noise Marini and Slaneshi enough for me to do on both. Um, I want to say they're Greaves, the ones are on your shins. Yes. Greaves, fantastic. I know my armor.
0: I've played Skyrim. I know that it's Graves. <laughs> that's that's where my armor knowledge comes from, Tim. I
1: played a mage. I didn't worry about wearing armor. Oh, yeah, in, screw in, that. Uh, um, so, yeah, so that's where I am at the moment. I'm quite enjoying going back and just, just doing a little bit of that. I've got a little bit of the purpley pink. I've got some Warlock purple, like two, three paint sets ago. And that's oh, a, yeah, it is, isn't it? That's, that's way a very back. Nice. I don't have much of it left. It's pretty much dried up, but I add a bit of water to it and it mixes it down all right. So um, I'm making the most of what I've got.
0: I think you've got to hit it with the Goblin Green Base. I know I painfully despise Goblin Green Bases, but yeah. if you're going that retro and that old school, you, you kind of need to do the whole thing. I, I mean. know, right? Be- uh, I do,
1: I do want to get that railway flock as well. Oh, God, Lord. Just just to set it off properly back in the day from uh, mid-90s, it would be good.
0: Yeah, it's good. I mean, I did love seeing that model when it came out. I don't have any Chaos stuff at all, so I had no reason to buy it other than to, like you're doing, paint it just as yeah. something to to enjoy painting.
1: Yeah, I didn't get that. I've always wanted the, the original. Loved the original. All right, yes. Um, a, re- a nice Jez Goodwin special. Can you still get it? I don't think so, no. eBay, I guess, for a fortune. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one thing. Going back to our previous uh, conversation We're we skipping month. back and forward. Yep, let's yeah, go. Just, just back but this is to, to the, the last show. You mentioning about the original model. The Chaos Marines came out. Oh, the Sorcerers, The Sorcerers. Yep. And we were arguing, are they going to be fine cast? Which I thought they would be. Or oh, metal, yep. like you thought they would be. And it turns out they were metal.
0: Wow, I was right about you something. You were right, yeah. That's well uh, quite novel. Yeah.
1: I yeah, it, that needs to be said.
0: Fair enough. It, it's one of those things, I'm glad that they brought them back out, and a lot of people will be glad that they came back out as metals, because people despise Finecast, but um <laughs> with one hand, Games Workshop give, and with the other, they take away, right? So we got the the, the made to Order Sorcerers come back. Um They have just pulled, like, 15 or 16 Age of Sigmar lines completely. Um, oh, really? There was like a very short window of, you can now order this before it's gone. It's all the elf stuff.
1: Uh, So so this must be the, I I was wondering what it was, the um, chef put up on the group of uh, The Purge.
0: Yes, so it's all of the. Not all of it, it's a whole load of elf stuff. They did do the. Hey, you can order this now before it's gone. Unfortunately, they didn't tell everyone they got like six copies in stock,
1: so it went right. in seconds.
0: And of course, the internet is incredibly angry about this because of it's course. the internet. Of
1: course, the internet is angry about everything.
0: But then that's Age of Sigma. You keep trying to push me into talking about Age of Sigma, Tim. Apologies. Secret I, agenda. I didn't here? push
1: you into that one. I wasn't realizing <laughs> about that. <That's>, uh, <laughs> I, I, the only Age of Sigma I have is i um, I've got a Dark Elf army. Noticing a theme with my with my armies here, but I have a Point dark elf army. Really angry, yeah, exactly. And um, they're all on square bases still. Keep them on square bases, mate. Just I will. Just,
0: just just to trigger those people who can't yep. handle it. And yet more hobby progress. I mentioned last time my primaris force for the contrast paint. Uh, run down and, and and almost time trial see how quickly I can do it I started putting together the last few bits of the intercessors so these they're are, the
1: flying ones
0: no you'd think so damn it that's the inceptors so close or the suppressors depending on whether they have the two boltstorm even I don't know their weapons now the 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 miniature heavy bolters, or right. the autocannon.
1: Right, okay. So I'm going to take my second shot. Intercessors are going to be Primera's version of the normal mar- of tactical marines. Yes, that's right. Yep. That's you got
0: it. Well done. Yeah, so they are the, the bog-standard ones. Um, what's weird about them is, having assembled about a million tactical marines in the past they have this weird thing where their legs are monopose as the old marines were their legs and torsos together are monopose you remember the old space marines used to have you'd build the torso separately to the legs and you could put it on yeah ball and socket joint and you could twist it to be in any direction based yeah, on yeah. the pose you wanted for the marine these ones are way 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 more static so the legs oh. and the waist and the chest etc all fixed in a certain direction. So you have to be really careful with how you put the arms on to kind of make it work,
1: right, okay, that's somewhat strange,
0: yeah, I think it's well they've got they've got a lot more detail on them okay, and i f- and like the legs are two parts, so that you have the body of the leg and then you have the greaves as a separate piece that goes on the front, so they' it's are a lot more details okay, and they're just a lot more restricted on the posing,
1: okay, fair enough,
0: so that's been interesting um Trying to navigate their available weapon options, because this is one of the weird ones where they have things like they can have access to a chainsword for the veteran sergeant, but he doesn't have it on the sprue. Okay. So you have to raid your bits box for that one.
1: Fantastic. That's uh, strange, considering that they've been doing so much of the, if it's not on the model, or we don't have a model, you don't yeah, get it. it really is. That's I mean, somewhat strange.
0: They can have a power fist and a power sword which doesn't come on the kit but they come on all the upgrade sprues. so if you buy the ultramarines upgrade sprue the imperial fist upgrade sprue etc they have these options on right, there. Okay. but they don't have a chainsword so you have to raise your bits box for a chainsword even kind on the upgrade sprue no nope. not that I got no. I mean I brought the ultramarines one okay, before but it was uh, no no chainsword so um... is a,
1: a primaris chainsword bigger than a normal marine chainsword
0: that is a really good question I don't know because there are none modeled with them
1: ah uh, there we go we don't need to answer that then <laughs>
0: Having said that, they are really nice and easy to put together. So, there's less like waiting for the waste to dry and then finding that two minutes later you've turned around and they've sort of slumped over to look like they're sitting down and all that nonsense. So, maybe there is a reason why they have taken that away. Just You lose a little bit of posability. That's the only downside. And last but not least, I, as part of the reorg, so to speak... I also put a whole load of more stuff in magnetic storage boxes after we talked about them last time. Nice. Um, I had the mega sized one for my um, Great Unclean one to fit in. Fantastic. Uh, half the box was wasted, so I put a little miniature shelf in Ooh. so I can get two layers. Nice. Uh, and just put magnets on the bottom of the shelf so it sticks to the metal plates and then Ooh. the models stick to that. How did you um, get
1: the, um, the magnet? How you you put the shelf? to stick magnets to the side? Or? It's
0: literally four legs on the bottom of a piece of plastic uh, okay, card. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and those legs have magnets on the bottom. So you can take stuff off that and then take the shelf out and get to what's underneath. Interesting. So, yeah, I've uh, it just meant that I could get it all packed away a lot more tidier yeah. and um, not have loads of random shit laying around, which
1: was getting a bit of an issue. A lot more tidier. It's bad English. Thank you, Tim. A lot tidier or a lot more tidy?
0: No, I'm going with a lot more tidier. Okay. Speaking on cleaning things up, let's go on to talking about GW's releases. Right, so it's Monday. That means it's Battle Sisters Bulletin time.
1: It is. Like <sighs> half an hour before we start. Yep.
0: <laughs> it's the quick catch up, what are we going to talk about in the next half an hour? Yep. I'm liking what they've showed so far. That Canon S model. That was that was that was the release today. Yep. There's a lot of character in that model. Like, they packed in so much character.
1: She's looking... She looks... white. Wisened is probably the wrong word, but she looks like a veteran. Yes. She looks like an old nun. Yes, almost. she does. And at the same time looks like, yeah, I'm going to smack you with, with my large rod of faith. Why what, what is that a thing? I don't know. I think it's going to be a, like a. No, it's not a mitre. That's no, a hat, right? So yeah, so it'll be a, a, bit, yeah, so, a, it'll be a se- so it's probably going to be a sceptre of sceptre? some kind. They, yeah, they do like their like going from the kind of religious things that they kind of that they have before. It is much of a. They do like their sceptres and that kind of a thing. A bit like the um, not the Rosarius. What's the cr- Crozius?
0: Crozius Arcanum. Crozius That's Arcanum, the, yeah, it's which a is and a religious signal. And I suspect individual.
1: it's probably going to be something similar to that. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Makes sense.
0: Oh, she's also got a sword that looks. And yeah, really in fact, she's just
1: posing with the sword. Yeah, just sword point down, and it's a big, big sword, big ass sword, almost as big as her. Yeah, and then a bionic leg, which is looking lovely.
0: Yeah, I was really impressed because I did, totally didn't notice at first when they show you the model. No, I it wasn't they,
1: until you went down because it just the angle of it you wouldn't notice. It, I
0: think they've it. deliberately done it like that so it's kind of yeah. hiding. It. And then ooh, also, she's got a bionic leg, but it's like the most ludicrously nicely sculpted, filigreed bionic leg that they've done.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, as they said, I think they said, it's as befits her station, it's ergonomic. Nice. Nice.
0: Yeah. And I like that it, she still has a sister's boot, so to speak, on the bottom of the bionic leg. Because the marine ones, if they had their whole leg replaced, they tend to have like the claw foot, don't they? they, they yeah, they, they like those small
1: it... like dreadfort, uh, dreadfort, dreadnought feet.
0: Yes, so they've gone, they've kind of stuck with a slightly more refined aesthetic.
1: Yeah, which concerned. as befits, buffet, as befits a nice lady of the cloth.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, I'm really impressed with it, and I like that they're giving us the models now. You know, it's not just like, here's some fluffy bits. It's this every week, or well, every two weeks, I suppose, is new model bits, new model yep. bits. When are they are going to give us a release date? It's got to be end of the year, right? I
1: reckon it's going to be Christmas.
0: You think so? I reckon. It's the, well, it's the big we've release got, before.
1: We've got Marines soon. Now ish. Now ish. Yeah. No, well, I think they're going on pre order next week.
0: Yeah, so they're all going to hit in August.
1: Yeah. So then you've got. The releases that are going to come after that. I mean, I may still be on old Marine, on old GW where it's not quite as, the turnaround was a little bit slower.
0: I mean, we had October. Are we going to have November?
1: Oh, November. Is
0: that going to be a thing?
1: November. Yeah, that could be, November would be interesting.
0: I think that they probably wouldn't push it down that angle, though. I'd probably not, but I don't <laughs> think so. Might.
1: The internet would, though. That's just because I don't think they would refer to them as nuns. Nuns being, no. with nuns being a proper thing. An actual think, religious thing. Yeah, I don't think you could really get away with that. No, I don't think they would. Um,
0: but yeah, maybe they'll, they'll, uh, maybe they'll tell us when it's actually going to come out. I think that they want to give, I'm in I mean, two minds. One, they probably want to spring it on people for the hype and the surprise and the, the getting people frothed up. On the flip side, they really need to give people time to calculate their budgets. Because there yeah. are a lot of people that will be buying Sisters of Battle, something regardless yeah. of what it is. Some obviously some mega purchases, but some people will just buy like a character and a squad or something just to have them because they're cool.
1: Yep, and just add into I would imagine just add into their Imperial soup lists. Oh, it's so easy to just to bolt them on. Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. Um, I reckon I, re- I reckon Christmas though. I can see them being set up for a good Christmas release, just you know, just before Christmas, so that everyone is like, "Ooh, I want this for Christmas, Mum and Dad." Please, please, please. Please, 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 or, or partner. And I'd like these for Christmas, please.
0: Yeah, they're not all kids, Tim. Not all customers in Games Workshop. No, that's kids, true. You, know? you, you left that's the true. company a long time ago.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yet still, everyone is a small child, let's be honest. Everyone <laughs> yes. who goes to Games Workshop is a small child.
0: Yeah. Right. And they also announced they're bringing back the regular video schedule for painting guys. I don't know if you noticed that. They did a little. a I little, saw there was thing a thing.
1: It. I haven't been... Uh, I, I'm going to take a backseat on this one, much like anything imperial. I never really watched much of the painting tips from Duncan and Peachy. You, you, um, you can get out now. Yeah, I know. Um, I never really, I, I never really watched many of them. Um, I've watched a couple here and there, but I haven't watched many of them going through. But I ha- I've, I've seen a few on just on YouTube. So
0: what they're doing is they're bringing back the daily tips. Oh, I'll forgive, I'll forgive you on that one, Tim. They're going to do Monday to Thursday is going to be like. Battle-ready painting. So this is basically going to be how to do all your basics like armor, cloth, fur, hair, all that sort of thing, and how to paint a model or a scheme in a battle-ready format, which will include both the base shade highlight and contrast process. Oh, nice. And then Friday is going to be something that's a bit more fancy. So a fancy technique or like a really unusual color scheme and how to apply it. Um, so they're going to do that. They're going to they're gonna do it like that. So basic stuff in the week and then just before the weekend hits, something fancy. Nice. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see it come back. Um, I have missed them doing it. Um, I was quite an avid watcher of them, and every day they come out, you you just, most of the time it's stuff you already know, but it just kind of reminds you, oh, this does exist. Yeah. And every now and then you pick up like a real gem on how to do something. Like gems. Like gems. Very good. Um, In a simple way, so. That's good. And one last other release that they talked about. There's a little lot coming out. Yeah. Aeronautica Imperialis is back. So, did you ever play it in its first incarnation? As a Forge World-only
1: world thing? I yeah, did like, squ- with the, uh, yeah. I remember it had, I was pretty sure it had, like, cards in front of it and everything, but I never played it.
0: So, the first incarnation was, yeah, Forge World-only, because everything was resin. Um, you had them on these little special hexagonal flight stands that had a, their thrust, which was their, Forward no, hold speed. on, it was their, no, it wasn't their thrust, the thrust was how they changed it was their airspeed and their height. Right, their height level because you flow at different okay.
1: Alt- yeah, yes. altitudes. Yeah, That's yeah. The different out- for. Okay, altitudes. yeah, 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 different altitudes.
0: And yeah, you had the maneuver cards, which is what you're talking about, that you put in front of the plane to execute a maneuver, and you would secretly note down what each plane was going to do that round as you kind of like dog fighting with your yeah. opponent. And you'd execute the maneuver, and you had to be at certain speeds or altitudes to be able to execute certain maneuvers, so you didn't crash into the ground or go up too high and stall. All very technical, nice, very quite complicated actually to play out. And because it used a card, like, the direction wasn't really lined up very well. Right. And they've massively moved away from that now. It's now a board that you move on, and the manoeuvres make you move a certain number of hexes and pivots in different directions depending on what manoeuvre you execute. I think they moved away from the templates because they're basically X-Wing copied them. Right. I think they came out with Aeronautica first because it was, like, 12 years ago. Was yeah. ridiculous?
1: I think it was still was I was working, maybe? Yeah, probably. Yeah, like every twenty ten, maybe not 2010, 2005, thousand five, six, maybe.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's a long time back. Yeah. Um, with the prevalence of X Wing, well, I assume X Wing is still prevalent. I quit after they changed editions. Um, I believe
1: it is. I've got a, a fellow, a colleague who I role play with, and he does tournaments and stuff. Okay, cool. Still. So
0: it's, it's still it's still popular. They have these maneuver templates, so they're kind of moving away from that and moving to a more of a board gamey approach. But it looks interesting. The models look freaking cool.
1: They look imperial, rich. That's my thing.
0: Uh, they have orc ones, Tim. They, have, they, they showed the Orc fighters and bombers.
1: Where are the sleek lines?
0: Soon there will be. Do you used to have Orcs for um, Battlefleet Gothic, didn't you?
1: I did, yeah. That was just because GW. We had, like, a whole a whole Orc fleet in the back. Of, oh, right, uh, okay. GW Stains, works. and then. It, yeah. got, it grew legs and walked. It grew legs and walked.
0: Fair enough. We'll put it that way, because, you know, you don't want to incriminate yourself. For what? <laughs> exactly. Eldar vehicles will be coming, because it's Imperial versus Orcs, but they did Eldar before. And they did Eldar Tau. Eldar Time, Imperial, Orcs, Chaos, I had a couple yeah. of ships. Um, so they'll all come out with them in plastic, obviously. Um, and they look really sweet, but uh, yeah, obviously not up, not up your uh, alley. Not, but not up my alley, no. I won't be buying it, but I think it's freaking cool.
1: Yeah, there's a load of stuff. I mean, there's just loads of stuff like that. Well, Titanicus is the same. Yeah, right? I, like, I've seen the, the new Titans have been released as well, and they look so cool. They, they, they just looks lovely. Again, they're not really sleek enough for me, but they look lovely, and... It's just I'm not going to buy it, but I'll, I'll, I'll quite happily look at it and go. Ooh.
0: You can appreciate it. I can. What it is. I can. Yeah. Right. Enough stalling. Let's pull off the band aid and make Tim talk about Space Marines.
1: So I have noticed there is some new ceramite coming out. Yes, there is, and it's all blue. Right it's, up your right, right up your. It's language. not all blue. Khan wears white. Oh, that's true. He does wear <laughs> white. That's the White Scars one. Right? It is very good.
0: Should we? we so you read some of the Horus Heresy books, right?
1: I yeah. So I I read up to. I want to say I read. I think I read up to like number thirty or something. It was the one with the salamanders. Uh, it was a Nick Kyme one. I started reading it and I just couldn't get into it. And I don't know if it was Nick Kyme or I just don't know if it was the salamanders and I and um, Iron Hands and the two of them together. I just found that just they're all moany and I you mean know, oh woe is me, we've lost our Primark. Wah wah wah. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit too you know goth for my tastes.
0: Really? That's rich.
1: No. No, if they were true goths, they'd, I don't know, they'd be down with chaos at that point, drinking I think so, Drinking wine and everything, not being all sultry. and.
0: So you got a lot further into Horatarity than I did, actually. I don't know when I quit like Book 12 or something. I like right. just got a bit too much. So yes, the new Space Marines that are coming, It's uh, we kind of guessed that it was going to be coming a while ago. I think mm-hmm. people know it's needed because they are the poster boys of 40k and currently they play like utter oh, crap. Yep. I find it amusing that um, they've released Khan has been Primaris I don't know what the actual process is called. Uh, he has he's
1: gone through the route. He's gone through the Primaris Rubicon. Wow! So you do know things about Imperium. I read the uh, community <laughs> updates. <laughs> Good man. I was read it just in uh, just for today.
0: So basically, they let Call have a bit of a mess around, um, and he's yeah. now a Primaris, which is great. Uh, As is Tigarius.
1: B- he doesn't have a bike. No, but that's what I think every White Scar character. Has I think that's what every White Scar character has in common is that they don't have a bike.
0: That's true, but they did mention in one of the other ones where they talked about the White Scar's upgrade kit that's coming. Right. They said it will include lots of things, blah 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 blah, including khan and his bike. Ooh. So there is a
1: khan on bike. Ah, oh, no, is he?
0: Moondragon. No, his bike's called.
1: Is is he going to be on the bike or is he just going to? Like stand next to the bike as he is in his the the model, and all you're going to get is just the bike next to him as if it's parked up and he's just standing there oh, for I, a, a, a painting. I
0: sincerely hope it's a bike on a scenic base where there's a 32 millimeter hole and you yep. can stand the, the car and model in next to it. That, that would, be, would be
1: fantastic, wouldn't it?
0: What bikes are going to get though? Are they going to get bike bikes or is it be bikes? a Hover bike slash. I don't think they're going to get jet bikes like the custodians get, but I can imagine them with the hover bikes. Our friend Dave was musing maybe with kind of like the repulsor plates that you get on the bottom. Yeah, the I boats. can see
1: that with the repulsor technology that they now have, which I still don't like, I still think that all Imperial technology should be on the ground. They've lost that now. But anyway, that that's me and... Landspeeders? Um, yeah, well, yeah. I forgot about Landspeeders.
0: Remember, the the original Landspeeder was basically two garden chairs and a... Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. On a
1: jet engine. <laughs> I love that. I, I love hate that it model so much. And it's so tiny. It's so tiny. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, no, I I can see some. Um, if not jet bikes, like the custodians, they certainly wouldn't be as big. Like the. Uh, yeah. They're not going to be heresy jet bikes, which no. I think, which from what I've seen is what essentially the custodians one is. Very well. much. Yeah. I can see newer repulsor bikes. That yeah, would that'd be, be cool. interesting. I still don't 100% believe in it, but that's uh, that's me. And you know, I feel that all oh, hover technology should be the purview of the Alda. Well, there we go.
0: Typical Xenos response, man. Yeah. Let's not let's not turn this into basically Reddit on the air. <laughs> uh,
1: so yeah, so that, that's what I think. So I think yeah, I, I think a hover bike. I can see him on a ho but then he's always had was it Moondraken or Moon or Moon. Moondracken I think Moondraken Moondraken, it is, Moondraken. but I don't really care for
0: the white scars, but I think it it's Moondraken does sound
1: like some form of My Little Pony name.
0: Really? My friend thinks all My Little Pony names sound like strippers.
1: I can see Moondraken being uh, you know. I've a, watched a lot of My Little Pony. Dark Millennial. You know, it's the little, of, okay, right. Yeah, dark millennial version of My Little Pony. Um, but yeah, I, I, if he if that's the same bike and his bike had wheels beforehand, I can't see him going. Yes, this is my prized um, artifact of your that's you know handed down through the chapter for God knows how long. Please remove all of its wheels and give it uh, uh, repressor, r- repressor, repulsor? repulsor, plates.
0: I don't know. We have to wait and see. He's, yeah. he's been primaricized though, so who knows?
1: He has, yes.
0: As has Tigurius.
1: Tiggy has indeed. Yep. Good old Tiggy. Although he looks somewhat smaller now. I don't know what it was. Maybe that's just me. He didn't, didn't he know. have
0: a ludicrous, like...
1: He did have a huge, Stuff great big, on his
0: armor and... Um, psychic hood. Psychic hood. That's the word I'm looking for. He's been sized. What other characters are going to get sized? We don't know. I'm I'm assuming they're going to do one from every chapter, right? So, like, Vulcan Heston will get one.
1: I would imagine so now that... Because, let, let's face it, the Ultrarines, no one likes them. None of the other chapters like them. So no, when when, Mar- when Marnius Calgar did it, and everyone's like, oh god, he's done it, we can't be seen to be left behind here. So now all of them are going to be we doing didn't pan
0: it out very point. well for Marnius Calgar, did it?
1: I mean, he died, but then all of them have to.
0: Well, at some point, this is true. Y- well, no, you have to
1: die to be joined, to cross over at the um, Primaris Rubricon. I listened to uh, Voxcast and found wow. that out.
0: But out. But then he went and actually died, died, which, you know. Oh, did he? Uh,
1: is Kalgar dead this? Is that
0: a spoiler alert season? It's, when it's, did it's that? It's in Vigilus. They, they had uh, Abaddon kill him. I didn't realise. Oh, really? Someone told me and I'm like, oh, they gave Abaddon credibility by having him tear minus his Kalgar apart.
1: No, that's, I mean, it should be. Yep. He's a lot older and wiser and he's better, he's look, better looking. Times before and and <laughs> yeah, all of these things, yeah. Plus he's in Terminator armour, not some silly, silly nonsense.
0: No, I don't know what actually Halgar has. It still has his. Uh, it's still his old armor reshaped because it still ha- I think because it still has the rule of prevent damage. But anyway, uh, okay. it doesn't really matter. It do it he anyway. died. It's fine. Moving on. Um, they did release all of the Phobos Armored Marines, however you want to call them, the yep. Vanguard. Yeah. Um, as actual kits now.
1: Those are the ones from the newest box set, right? Shadow Spear. Yeah. yeah. So you've got the with the Librarian, the the Cowboy Librarian, the or the Gentleman got Librarian. Yeah. Yep. You can
0: get him. As uh, a standalone figure,
1: yeah, you I saw that. get the they're doing the infiltrators as a box set. That's the more just the a squad of five, right?
0: The light armored guys, yeah. Yep.
1: I noticed I, the thing I like, I was looking at them and going, What's wrong with these Marines? And I realized it's because they've only got one shoulder pad.
0: They've got s they've got a mini shoulder pad on the other side, yes. Yeah, I think
1: yeah, it looked really, really weird and it took me ages to work out what was off with it until I noticed that.
0: That and all the antennas poking off of them, which are gonna get snapped off in the first five minutes of gameplay. Well, yes. Um, but they're out, and as are the eliminators. I want to say that's the sniper executions eliminators. Yes. One of those things that begins with an E that means to get rid of. Those are the snipers. So you get three in a box, yes. but they are quite Powerful. dramatic posing compared to the shadow spear ones. They, they are very different.
1: I do like the fact I hadn't noticed this before up until I saw the photo of it. One of them has a uh, like one of the bullets on a bit of scenery next to him. Which is really cool. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a there's like he's standing next to like a large tombstone or like a large bit of masonry, and on top of it is just a couple of. Oh, he's uh, lined the rounds up. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's pretty cool, actually. That's quite cool. And to back them up, the controversial Invictor. name that Invictor tactical war suit?
1: So this is the one that some people have said looks like a cowboy.
0: Yes, because it's gunslinging from its hip, which I think looks freaking cool. But I quite on.
1: like that. It's got a heavy, it's currently gunslinging a heavy bolt. Out. Yep. The pose of the whole model, I, it, it doesn't look too bad. The pilot, on the other hand, just looks so... cramped? Stationary. Why has he got a roll cage? Because you've got to protect, health and safety, Rich. Come on, keep up. <laughs> What's a roll cage gonna do? Stop him falling out.
0: Oh, dear. No, because he couldn't strap him in. Anyway, I...
1: He's heavy, Rich. You know, it's going to be... Straps are going to be hard to, you know, keep him inside.
0: That's fair enough. I think the model looks cool. I know people are upset about it, but I think we just go with the same thing as usual. If you don't like it, don't buy it. Yeah, exactly. Else, it's people great.
1: can convert it up and everything. There are some cool... Like, I like some of the things about it. I really do like the fact that it's gone gunslinging. They're going more that way. I like the fact that it's essentially a, a dreadnought, but instead of someone who's died it's a live one that's quite a cool little yep. twist on it i find this the gun that the guns that are on the other on the other side on the in the right hand which are this these tight which are very thin barreled they just look a little strange to me
0: so they look like some kind of stubber variant yeah. i was having this discussion with my brother-in-law he's very upset that space marines primary space marines have inherited the stubber as a weapon because it was very much an imperial the heavy stubber was always an imperial guard weapon yeah. It was like you know a fifty cal or whatever is the equivalent of now primary it, calyx is all over their vehicles and now this guy's got like five of them hanging off him. But
1: they do have better bolt guns than normal marines.
0: Yeah, and these these are they have a weird thing where they have the Iron Hail heavy stubber, which is a better heavy stubber, and a normal heavy stubber, and the Icarus pattern heavy stubber, which shoots at flying things. It gets very confusing. Okay,
1: but I think it was cool.
0: Yeah, but they do look a little anemic compared to the heavy bolter that he's hip slinging, but um. Overall, I think the model looks really, really cool, yeah. and uh, it pains me to give Dave credit because he called it as like a lightweight scouting dreadnought armor thing ages ago from the blurry pictures on yeah. the, uh, the lieutenant cast or whatever it was.
1: From a, a fluff perspective, supposedly it's a lightweight scouting thing. No matter how much how much suppressing noise stuff you have on it, yeah. I don't know how that thing scouts, but anyway, that's just... I don't know. The other thing about it, and for, for me as well... I look at it and I realize what it. I was trying to work out there was something about it. I reckon that it kind of looks like a rock, which is then just transformed into a robot. If you look <laughs> at it, kind of all the plates and all the arms, it just kind of looks like it's just kind it of could fold up. Yeah, yeah, just fold it up and just uh, it's just kind of shrunk down, and then you know, and maybe that's how it's done. Just maybe throw, that's how it's deployed, Tim. Yeah, just thrown out of the thing, rolled down, and then once it gets it, just kind of writes itself and pops itself up and trundles along.
0: I've seen it compared to the power lifter from Aliens. Yep. Yeah. I've seen it compared to the... I think that's the, the roll cage. Yeah, and I've seen it compared to the walking mech suit from Avatar, which I think the hip-mounted Heavy Bolter doesn't help it.
1: Yes, I can... I, I, Avatar was a while ago, but yeah, I do Or that.
0: the defense mech suits
1: from Matrix. Matrix
0: 3. Yeah. So...
1: I can see all of those. And, and let's be fair, when we watched those in... When we cool first parts. watched that, they were really cool.
0: I mean, the, the mech suit things were a cool part of a shit film in Matrix 3. I mean...
1: And of course, don't forget, we must have something. You've got to have someone with all this new stuff. Someone leading it. Yes. So, what better way than a uh, Primaris Lieutenant?
0: The steady flow of primary Lieutenants amuses me greatly. The GW obviously jumping on that bandwagon with the, uh, the, the Darren Latham Wade uh, interview was yeah. hilarious. The fact they
1: carried that on as well, with there was some more Twitter things of this is what's you know on the uh, the primaris Lieutenant uh twitter page yep. which and it essentially go this is us and all, all of these new models just in the background all blurry but this is the lieutenants That's look at it. me
0: in my amazing power exactly. amazing Phobos armor. yeah it was really really good
1: i do like what new gw are doing with their promotions now it's just they're doing it so well
0: they've embraced social media to the point where they are happy to laugh can you imagine back when we worked at the company like them laughing at themselves about literally nope. anything no and now they're just rolling with it and i think it's massively done them a favor it really has And last thing, but not least, the one that also I have to give Dave credit for from a small snapshotty blurry picture, he called it the Primaris Floaty Rhino. Looks to be that. It's got an actual name, the Impulsor, because trying to remember all these Primaris names for vehicles and units gets really challenging.
1: And it does just look like a rhino with the tracks taken off and instead of driving on it, it's now just floating on them.
0: I don't mind it. I don't particularly like it. I don't dislike it. I hope yeah. it's cheap. I might buy one if they're cheap, points-wise.
1: Depends um, on what the uh, transport capacity is, I guess.
0: I'm going to go with 10. I'm going to go with 10 Incessors sized models, and they'll do the whole, like, if it's Gravis armor, it takes two type thing.
1: I have no idea what Gravis armor is, but I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> six.
0: So Gravis armor is the heavy armor that's worn by the captain in Gravis armor, which is the massive, chunky captain that everyone laughed at. And I think it's the same as the deep striking, the heavy bolt pistol, and or um, autocannon guys. Right. Okay. It's, it's kind of like their
1: high altitude drop armor. Right. Okay. Cool. I'm looking at those. So you say ten, but looking at it, it looks smaller than a rhino. Yeah, but Tim, it, it looks shorter than, like, in terms of shortness, it looks shorter than a rhino because you've got it's like two thirds of the light size of a rhino, but then it's got jets on the back of it.
0: A Land Rider Crusader can carry sixteen models. I stand correct. An Imperial Guard Chimera can take six Ogrins.
1: I stand correct. Do we want <laughs> And yet a Dark Elder Viper can only take five.
0: Yeah, most of them are hanging off the damn thing, right? I know.
1: I just want six. I just want to be able to take six. Everyone
0: just wants to be able to ta- I mean, actually it wouldn't be surprising if they did that with the rhino if whatever it's called, Impulsor. Um actually give it a slightly higher capacity so that yeah. it can take a character in a unit. I mean I don't think they will, but it would be nice if they did. It
1: would be nice if they made it something like an 11.
0: And also they've told us about what's coming down the line with regards to the actual codexes. Because this is a a bit of a hark back to previous systems where we're going to get a Space Marine Codex. Bizarre. It's going to have all the main chapters in it. Good. It is also going to come with a... Build your own chapter. I have heard about this. Which is interesting. This this harks back to when I was talking about the White Panthers before. Yeah, I want to say 4th edition, 3rd edition. So Phil corrected me and said this was 4th edition codex and they were called Divergences. They were.
1: Here, They I can't remember what they called. I read it, but you can take two of them. Okay, that's cool. I think I read.
0: I think it's interesting for people who've got successor chapters or making up their own to actually have an option to not just say these guys are ultramarines, because that's what yep. everyone did. I like that the core codex contains enough stuff to play your whatever army you've got yep then if you're a particular fanboy of a chapter they're going to get their own individual supplements it's going to have what it sounded like the actual special characters will be in the supplements and then specific uh stratagems and all that
1: jazz units as well unit types i would imagine
0: yeah and chock full of fluff
1: yes And what's nice is that so far we've got two, uh, which is your beloved Smurfs, uh, Ultramarines, and then the White Scars. I wonder why they picked White Scars.
0: Do you, yeah. do you think it's an apology to all the White Scars players that got utterly shafted by the current Space Marine Codex? There are White Scars players? Well, there's Chef, though he just counted them as Ultramarines like everybody else did. Oh, yeah, no, So there were true. White Scars players out there. Okay. Maybe, maybe this is a sorry to them.
1: Maybe. I mean, I, I think as well, I, I think for it to happen, maybe they need some slightly better models properly as well because I still think that the old Space Marine, they, they haven't updated the bikes for a while.
0: The bikes have got to get updated to a Primaris yeah repulsor technology or whatever they've got to get new bikes because yeah. those are what, um, 20 I don't even want to know how many years old that I bike think design. they've had an
1: upgrade since then I think not they but it wasn't kit. much of one they
0: are an kit but the bike shape ch- didn't change no the design I mean no. it's still got about three millimeters ground clearance so the minute it hits a rock when they're the outriders of the army is going to just dislodge the rider so let's have something a bit more practical maybe yeah
1: maybe just stick a roll cage on it <laughs> perfect um but no i i I do like the fact though that even though we've just seen those two codices those two kind of supplemental codices we have seen others but it's all just been redacted that was nice in a true imperial style i'm loving that um they have said that then i think i think from what i read correctly the main other the other three chapters the main chapters that we've got which are the wolves the dark angels and the blood angels are not getting them? No,
0: they will have this. They will have their own codex through yeah, and through. But they
1: are getting a downloadable PDF, which is getting a free PDF, which is going to give them all of the the new rules that all Marines are going to have, including the Heretic Astartes, which is nice. Oh, right, So all, nice. the, the the Shock Assault rule, which every which all, uh, all Marines have, which includes space uh, includes Heretic ones, which is nice. Oh, they're getting that to Heretics as well. Yeah, I they have. that as well. That's yeah. nice. So that's included. So that's they shall know no fear the bolted discipline, and the new assault rule where they get an extra attack if they charge. Um yeah, so, but all, um, all the others are, hopefully, you'll, you'll, you know, I say hopefully, hopefully you, in if you're an Imperial person, will have all of the all of your favourite chapters coming soon.
0: Nicely covered for someone who doesn't care for Imperials, too. I know, right? Right, rolling on, shall we talk about our topic we wanted to get into?
1: Let's do that.
0: Right, as is tradition, Tim, this was your idea, so I'm throwing you under the bus to get us started. What What was your concept for a, for a topic?
1: So I thought it would be good just to talk about the armies that shaped us most or some of our favorite armies that we've had.
0: Yeah, And then also on building on top of that, we want to talk about uh, like other beyond army experiences in the hobby kind of that have yeah. shaped how we approach the hobby. So do you want to go first? Because we both put the same element on the list at the
1: top. That would be our campaign weekends. Campaign weekends. Gotta love a campaign weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, Dave and I have talked about them a fair few times on the show. Um, we're always referring to GW-run campaign weekends, yep. because we are lucky enough in the UK to be in drivable distance of Warhammer World.
1: Yep. I haven't been to a non-GW one. Uh, I haven't done to an, or a non-GW no. tournament either. I haven't done anything really outside of GW. From what I have seen of GW, well, from what I've experienced of the GW ones, they do it well.
0: They are all in on the
1: story. They are. And and for me, I do love it. Like, I'm very story-driven. I love a good bit of fluff. I love a good bit of uh, background. And just being part of some of that um, well, has, been, has been fantastic for me.
0: Yeah, and I think it really... Attending the campaign weekends made me realise that going to events is incredibly fun when it's not a tournament. And that's just because that doesn't float my boat, the competitive nature of it. But an event where... A whole bunch of gamers are together or hobbyists, I should say, are together to play games and have fun has always panned out well because it's kind of like there's a, there's a like mindedness of people that are there.
1: Yeah. And I very much agree with, I, I think everyone, almost everyone who goes to the campaign weekends is there for. The laugh is there to have have a good time in in a way that some people have a good time by beating people mercilessly, whereas these ones, I think we are all, no matter what we say, we're all still slightly competitive for that. No one
0: wants to get steamrolled, right? No,
1: but at the same time, we also like going up and taking part and, you know, we will live vicariously through others if other people on our teams are doing well yep. Um we will ruthlessly rip it out of people if other people are not doing well you know as is our nature but all the time i think we are all having a good time at that
0: and what i always take away from the campaign weekends is like they're always like two or three games where there's like one defining moment in a game and it's usually when something utterly ridiculous and statistically improbable happens Now, that happens in every game system you want to play. But what I really love about 40k is that it gives you the opportunity to kind of build a story around it as to why that character did something ludicrously ridiculous or why something went horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, whereas it's you know in other games i find it just you know that we play other games and i just find that those moments are great they're there and then they sort of pass with no story built around them but i think it reminded me that the most important part for me is building a story around what happens in the game because those are the bits that you you don't forget
1: i think the great thing about the campaign weekends is that you can that you have the overarching story of the campaign weekend which yep. plays out depending on how each side does that's great within that as well you kind of at least you can and it's certainly what i like to do you kind of build up a mini story for your army as yeah. you're going through and as you're kind of uh playing it out so it just adds to it as well and i think if you can do something like that certainly for me it, doing something like that, that even if it's just in my head it's bringing me that little bit closer show, and well, i say closer to the the overarching story but it makes me feel more like i'm actually um taking part in in that Overarching story of the campaign.
0: I think that has slipped away in the latest kind of structure because before it was always: here is a story, here is side A and side B. Yeah. You choose whether you want to side with side A or side B, uh-huh. and come up with a little reason as to why. Now you are based mm-hmm. on your army type: either an invader, chaos, or imperium.
1: So all of us from stains are invaders,
0: right? <laughs> That's our that is our hobby group name. Yes for much amusement but obviously it means like all the Imperials you don't have to well you can but you're not there's not as much of a need to come up with like so why have you sided with this Inquisitor in yeah. this campaign it's because the Imperials are here for reason X you're kind of given that a little bit more but I think it's still nice in your head canon to come up with a reason why you are at this battlefield front and not some other one that you could have been requisitioned
1: to. Yeah, and I actually, I again, I think that for me, that from a from a canon perspective for the story, I quite like that a little better. Um, the fact we do have just those three factions, as much as I really enjoyed my the doubles weekend I had with Dave, which I mentioned last uh, yep. at the time, Black Templars and Iron Warriors shouldn't really be mixing together. No, not really. At least from a fluff perspective.
0: Not, not, not unless you're going to go way, way back in
1: history. Yeah. Even and then, even they're not the then, best of friends. They were never good friends then, no.
0: But spinning on to armies that you, you kind of led in with. Um, yes, the Ultramarines. Yes, I love them. Yes, I've talked about them before. But, I mean, they were a project done for a campaign weekend. Mm-hmm. I might have mentioned this before. I spent a lot of time building the army. I was really excited about the campaign weekend because yep. it was the first one we were going to. I didn't have a big enough army. I didn't have what I considered to be a nice enough army to really take up the campaign weekend. Okay. Hence, I put a load of effort into building and faffing to get the Ultramarines done, which left me about three weeks to paint two and a half thousand points. By the time I finished doing all the conversions and faffing, yeah. So, as I... is the way, last last
1: minute. Yeah. It's no John McDonald, though.
0: It's 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 we, we talked about John before. Oh, John! John gluing sand on the bases with plastic glue as the games are about to start. John.
1: Dipping, him. wasn't he dipping him in varnish?
0: He was dipping them the night before, yeah, yeah. At, at Warhammer World and letting them dry. It was, it was pretty hilarious. It was pretty horrific. Y- yes. So I only had three weeks to go, so I really smashed them out. So I basically airbrushed the entire lot blue and then a slightly lighter blue and then painted some details and some weathering powders all over them and it got them done. And I think this for me was a lesson in getting an army good enough to play with and doing it before getting actual games started. I'm terrible at starting an army, going, yeah, this is great. This is going well. want to get some games in now.
1: Yeah. Um, Hobby Butterfly?
0: Hobby Butterfly, but like I want to get some games in before I finish painting the army. And then after you played a few games with it, you're kind of like, the excitement of using the army for the first time is out of the way, and then so is part of the motivation to for actually painting. get it finished. So the Ultramarines were a massive lesson for me in getting things done good enough, and they really have changed how I will just be accepting of this is done enough. Like with the knights, I spent loads and loads of time doing all the airbrush work on them, all the transfers, etc. Came to paint the gold trim. At least on three of them, I've slipped with the gold trim, and I like, splodged some gold onto the armor. Oops. At first, I was effing and blinding, and then I just sort of said to myself, am I going to repaint this? No, because I'm not f***ing repainting it. That's madness. So just accept it as looking good enough, and the models look nice overall, mm-hmm. move on, get them finished, do something else. So I think it's kind of, that was kind of a trigger for me, because before that, I used to put way, way, way too much effort in my mind into line infantry and things like that. Yeah. You know, back in the day, I played Orcs and Goblins. I would, I had like three-stage highlight on all my goblins. Oh, dear And Lord. you... Back then, I mean, even more so than now, you would just pick them up by the handful. Then you would fail a leadership test and they'd all die and you'd just put 30 models back in your case by pouring the tray into the case. Good times. I've learned not to do that kind of level of detailing more for my personal preference. Some people still do and they love it and that's fine for them. But for me, it's kind of like it was a really wake up moment of I don't need to put that much effort into the average troops. Get them done looking good enough and consistent across the army because the army looked okay from a consistency point of view. They looked good. Yep. Then you pick the model up and you'd be like, "Good God, that looks horrendous!" Put it back down the table. Yeah. I don't want to go for the horrendous because I was rushing it, but I want them to look good overall. And then you pick them up, and people go, going, "Yeah, it looks all right," and put it down again. And, and I th- think, then I'm happy. Then, but, I, then I'm ready to game.
1: Yeah, I think that's the best way of doing it. I think that's uh, again, I, I'm like you, I'm like you on that. I'm not going to be spending. I'm not. I'm not a golden demon winner or a go entrant even. I don't feel like an even the, the standard, the level of the uh, competition nowadays. I don't think I could even be able to enter a, the uh, competition. But I know I'm not that good. So as long as it's look, as long as they the army looks um, coherent on the battlefield, I think that's the important thing.
0: I think your your highlighting is in and you give yourself credit for. You put way more effort into like actual line highlighting than I do. That's for sure.
1: Okay, I guess I think that that comes from me, um, and it's kind of what one of the things I mentioned. Like, one of the things I've learned with um, doing Eldar uh, as a whole, okay, yeah. is that dry brush does not work with Eldar. Oh, good lord! No, I mean, and I've seen people do it, and every, oh. and I know. Everyone, each to their own. Each to their own. Each to their own. And it's not my position to um, make judgments on on how you paint it. It's your army. You paint it how you like. That being said, don't dry brush your don't dry brush your Eldar vehicles, please. It's just oh, it's, it's very it's, jarring. It's for such a, smooth, a trigger for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, like Marine, uh, Ceramite and everything. Even though it's kind of smooth, it, you know, they do have of those round of things. There are a lot of lines, but you can still get away with dry brushing it. Yeah. Um, Eldar just shouldn't be like that. At least for me, Eldar shouldn't be like that. They should be nice and smooth and everything. So I guess that's kind of why I'm doing. I kind of do a little bit of that, though. I don't do certainly what I've done. I think for me to make my army more battle ready, shall we say, is I don't do as much in the way of um, uh, gradient or great, you know, um, graduating out the lines. I do just do yep. quite a stark highlight. I think that works for some. I mean, it depends on which army I've gone for. My new army. The highlight is quite a stark one, but I think it works from a distance. Yes. You look up close, it's not... I wouldn't say it's bad, but it doesn't... You certainly look at it and go, wow, that's jarring. So.
0: Very few armies, and I've seen a lot of armies at Warhammer World, you know, with the campaigns. etc. Yeah. Beautiful paint armies. Very few armies stand up to scrutinizing them up close. Very true. Even the ones where you look at you think, oh, that looks nice. Usually you get it at mid-level and you're like, oh, actually, I can see transitions between the mm-hmm. colors. Yeah. And it makes you feel better. Obviously, they are still better than mine by quite a margin. Because all the models that we see put forward towards us when we're buying stuff, etc., are GW's heavy metal painted. Now, yep. those guys are masters of painting them to GW's style guide, etc. Yep. They're very crisp. They are. They are very tidily painted. It's very easy to hold yourself to that standard Standard when, when it's not really necessary to
1: No. And again, as we said, everyone paints differently. Everyone paints in their own styles, uh, which I think is one of the great things about Warhammer because if everyone painted it in the same way, it wouldn't be as good. It's not going to be as good.
0: It's good because, you know, you and I could paint with the same colour palette and the armies would look different. Yeah. Just because you have your own style and your own way of doing things. Exactly. Um, And, yeah, as long as... The, yeah, dry brushing the old our vehicles is... Yeah.
1: And I think it's things like... <laughs> I I've, Yeah, that, that really, really triggers me off. That's one of the things I learned. And um, I, I did do that. So I went back in the day when I was young and foolish and didn't really know about it i would you know dry brushing was a thing so that's what i did back in the day for my original craft world elder um but certainly the dark elder models uh, came out whilst i was working at gw at that point i'd been painting professionally, I guess one would say, um, for, whilst we're at the store anyway. Consistently, for sure. Consistently, uh, so I kind of got better, and I wanted to do something slightly better with it. My color scheme—I I think the color schemes as well. I always like to do something a little bit different. So the yep. my dark elder ones are a little bit more muted than a lot of the others. Uh, you see a lot of them; yep. they are quite bright.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I've looked at the stuff <laughs> didn't on the
0: battle off Blue, So yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but even though, even when they're dark color schemes, they are still quite a bright uh so the, the highlight is you know quite can often be quite a bright color yes um, they do do that um and i didn't want to do that certainly for my original cabal which i've forgotten how to paint um but those are much more muted and it actually i think looks uh made it look a lot better i'm also the, the army also taught me to that certainly this army in particular taught me stick with a very limited palette yes um which is something that i quite like and I've carried on to pretty much everything I do now. just stick with a very limited palette and it does wonders for an army.
0: Yeah, I did it with my uh, Plague Bearer slash Death Guard yep. army. They've all got the same colour palette. It's very, very constricted. And kind of like with the, your Drukhari, actually, where I've done one or two models and I've gone off-piste... But still, there are elements in there. They they really show up. Like yeah. the guy with all the bottles hanging off his back really shows up because there's actual colour on that model. I hate that guy. Yeah, I know, right. Um, I'm thinking of yours, the Mandrakes. The Mandrakes they look like Dark Eldar still. They got some tie-ins to the army, but because you've done them all charcoal, black-skinned, um, they really stick out.
1: Yeah, and I think that's one of the things. Certainly about the new with the new Cabal with the new rules um, that you can it does allow you to do some new colour schemes, which is a very nice. Um, yeah, you can do different with the different cabals, different um, the the mercenaries and everything like that. I actually saw I recently saw a Reddit post um, on the Drukari Reddit um, talking about someone asking how would you do um, the mercenary side of what what whether you would do them in the cabal color scheme or would you not? Oh right, them yeah, differently. Asked me five years ago, ten years ago, whenever they, whenever fifth edition or fourth edition, whenever it yep. was that came out, I would have said, I, I mean, I did. I, all of my, all of the armies were in the same colour scheme, or all of the models were in the same colour scheme, even the witches, and everything like mm. that. Um, now, I wish I hadn't done that. So the um, witches
0: stand out just a little bit more. They could have similar colours. Yeah, but to... I
1: don't mind the witches so much, but it's things like the incubi and the right, uh, yeah. scourges, which are. They are complete mercenaries, have no ties to anything. Yep. So I I would have liked to have done them a different colour. And I think my this latest Scourge Squad, when it's complete, I'm going to do more, I think, in just a black, kind of a neutral okay, cool. one. So they they can appear in either of the... That's a good idea. ...the um, army, either of the cabals. And I think I might, if I can get around to it, or somehow repaint the original ones, I would do that as well.
0: And as we've already reached back into the depths of our gaming memory, going to drag up another one. Going back to the Orcs and Goblins. That was an army that I played when I first started playing Fantasy, which was only like a year or two into play, into the hobby. And I distinctly remember a game against Rich, who you mentioned before, who used to work at GW when you did and when I did. And I played a game of my Orcs and Goblins against his dwarves. So I mean, Orcs and Goblins are on the back foot against dwarves, because um, they yep. have lots of racial bonuses that uh, penalise green skins. Yep. And I knew I was up against it, but, you know, I went in thinking, oh, well, let's just have a fun game. And I had one of the most fun and memorable games of Warhammer, or gaming, that I remember. Fantasy, yeah. Fantasy. Um I would easily put the game in my top 10 games Ooh, nice. that I played. Um, but I got absolutely wrecked at the end of the game. And I think, for me, that was a massive lesson that, yeah, it's nice to win, and you want to try and win, and you should try and play the game as best you can, but at the end of the day... The outcome of the game, if if it's a narrative outcome, and you had a really really good game, it doesn't matter who wins. I think that was a big kind of drive home for me, and that's why I'm always going on about like it's the narrative first and the winning afterwards. But that's the the game I take it back to, where I got absolutely trashed and thought, oh, this game's going to be awful. I'm going to absolutely hate this game. At the end of the game, I realised that I didn't hate the game and I didn't have an awful time. And yeah, I lost horribly, but we had such a good laugh and good engagement, and there were great moments during the game that it kind of actually made up for that.
1: Yeah, and I I think I, whilst I I don't have a specific game that ties that I can think where that I first recognised that, um, the one that always takes that back to is um, for, again for me that one against Dave, with when I was me and Dave against the Space Wolves, we're ha- we're being utterly utterly annihilated and. We just enjoyed the small little bits, and it's the small little things where you, know, again, the narratively speaking of in your head, how are you making, you know, what you're making sense of what's happened? Yeah. You know, space wolf. You know, it's avoiding taking large punishing fire only to trip and break his neck. if yeah. He tries to jump <laughs> over a, a a a barricade or whatever. Um, things like that. Again, and it does, That's the kind of stuff that makes you realise that you don't need to win the game to have a good game
0: no and i think it's down to the good game like games you lose because your opponent outplays you or because it was a rough matchup or whatever or or, or what something like that where it's almost like comical you're losing so badly i think they're easier to handle than the game where the dice are just horribly against you yeah those are the games that are hard to handle because one you're losing but you're not losing and still having a great game yeah because like every single role is in your mind going wrong for you and I think those are the ones that are harder to kind of sit back and enjoy. When you're getting absolutely beaten by somebody because their one character has gone on a rampage and killed everything, it's kind of actually funny. Yeah. Um, when you can't pass an armor save or something like that, and it's just falling apart the scenes, and even your opponent's giving you that sort of, mm, look, I feel bad look. Um, those are the ones that are really hard to manage your way through. Yeah, they are.
1: As part of this, I guess, as well, we're talking about what our favorite parts of the hobby are as well. Yeah. Um, and for me... The building and converting, I, I, re- I really just enjoy. There's something that's quite peaceful about line scraping, which I, I quite Really? Yeah. Do you I should have
0: come around more often, Tim, because I've no. got a whole
1: box of sprues. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good on that sense. But, um, at the same time, I, for me, the idea of, I, I have lots of ideas in my head yeah. of what to do. I think, you know, this would be a really cool thing to do. I don't get the chance to do it as often now due to, I'm, well, I'm growing a, a larger display, a larger bit of bits, but, um just the idea of kit bashing something is yep. something that I really enjoy Um the last couple of Archons I've built have been kit bashed yes and there's just a, a nice pleasure in doing something that just looks cool and it's just small minor conversions even a small minor conversion where you're changing the angle of an arm is that can dr- just drastic completely drastically change how a model looks yeah is uh, it's just unbelievably pleasurable for me. It just it just looks so much better, and it, there's something quite satisfying about doing that, particularly if someone looks at it and goes, oh, wow, that looks amazing, and you're like, yeah, it's actually quite simple. But
0: Yeah, and I've heard people say before, like, oh, what did you do to convert this model to other people? Not me, so I'm not so good at that. And someone's been like, oh, I just swapped ahead and changed this arm. Like you say, just, just changed the posing ever so slightly, and people are like, huh, that made such a big difference.
1: Yeah. And and that, that's the kind of thing that for me I really quite like. And yeah, just just having those standout things where you can take a little bit more time to paint them afterwards as well, the two bits together where you are just converting it up to make it look great and then um painting it just make it worthwhile almost.
0: And I always find that when I'm building models, I'm always thinking, Yeah, this guy's like Pointing his gun like at this angle because he's shooting someone that's on the ground, and I know that like five minutes after I finished actually painting and playing the game, I'm not going to remember that I did that. But at the time, you kind of get like
1: mini stories into the building. moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I do that whenever I'm looking, whenever I'm build, just building, even just the line, the the uh, normal cavalry warriors. I'm like, okay, so he's going to look over here, and which way is he going to go? His arms, guns pointing this way. Do I have him look at the uh, the direction he's firing, or do I have him look over a shoulder in a cool you go do something over there or something like that. So it's the mini, it's the miniature stories that you can create, which I think, again, for me, it's all about the stories and what you can do. So
0: those are one of the ones that you're going to know and your opponent's probably not going to click to as well, which is quite nice. Yeah. So hobby enjoyment for me was a massive learning that actually terrain making is my favourite part of the hobby.
1: Favourite?
0: I was going to edit that out, but (laughs) you know what? I'll just leave that in. Yeah, I said favourite. It's just... I was never, never needed to build terrain up until actually having space to build a table. Yeah. So gone years and years and years and years and years doing the hobby and never really actually made any terrain pieces. Um, came to doing my gaming table and I've got to say, i pointing over my shoulder like people can see me. It's been the most enjoyable part of doing the hobby. That and doing my board for Armies on Parade kind of taught me that I think that is the bit of the hobby that I like the most. I used to say it was building models, same as you, yeah. um, more so than painting. But now I think it's actually doing terrain. I think it's just for me, it's a little bit more liberating that you can be less careful Mm -hmm. with the painting it's more about the building part that you're which is the part that I enjoy the most what I really get frustrated by is doing some cool poses building the model nicely and then f***ing up when I paint it because Mm -hmm. I've been careless with a brush at some point and I've got a highlight somewhere else and I can't fix it because it's going to take forever with terrain it's a lot more forgiving because you can just put things in the way or you can cover that up with other stuff and you you can be a little bit more free with it and a little bit more natural with it and kind of get away with a bit more and so I don't worry about the overall effect of the details because terrain is like if you think a model is like you are saying arms arms length looking good is the key terrain is like the next step back from that you want the entire thing to look cohesive and realistic not yeah. you know you can put some little details and some story moments in there that's cool but you don't have to worry about it as much i think it just feels less stressful
1: yeah and i think as you said you for yours uh, you Going through like different phases and different stages of it where you kind of built it all and got it yep. in the basics and now I think I'm not sure if you have you completed with all like the posters and the
0: uh Yeah, I did the posters, did all the groundworks yeah. to make it look um I remember the groundworks. And jazzed I remember up. The, uh... Um as I was saying to you the last time we played, I've now done lamp
1: posts. Which are nice and magnetised. Uh,
0: I'm gonna do some more. Nice. Um, do some more bits like that, but it's nice because I can just add to it Mm -hmm. and it's easier to just add stuff on top of other stuff on a terrain piece whereas once you've done models and your vehicles and you painted your army it's very rare that you go back and add another layer of something on top of the whole army yeah whereas with terrain because you're building it in layers it's much easier to go and add more bits and bobs
1: which is nice and the fact that you can i guess it's a bit like a model as well like an army as well but you can add you can add more and more terrain i guess as much as you have storage for it and uh just have lots of different types of battles just from the terrain itself.
0: You get a lot of variety out of it if you've got yeah. enough stuff, yeah. And you can do story moments, like I've done like little. Um on top of some of the buildings I've done like little barricades mm-hmm. of sandbags with like a little ammo stash where they've had like so, a units like held out their last in the building or whatever like that so you can do those sort of cool things which but, is nice um, Yeah, you don't have to go overboard with no.
1: it but it make, it, I think it, it, something like that again just makes it look even better
0: right so as you're our guest and you've already talked about your drakari a little bit should we get into doing an Our Army section let's and, do that. and you yeah. can lead us off so let's not leave the listeners thinking you're uh, a single-minded uh, collector Tim
1: True. I've been talking a lot about the Drukari have
0: Yeah, so aside from the Dark Eldar Drukari, what other armies could you you tell us about that you've enjoyed um, putting together and painting in the past?
1: As you said, Drukhari let's put those aside, let's step aside from that Eldar is all about where it's (laughs) from Uh, (laughs) um, It was the first, as I said last week, it was the first army I started and um, whilst I set them aside a little bit um, due to a variety of different things, as soon as I want to say fourth edition came out or fifth edition. I can't remember which one. Yeah. When they especially essentially when they redid all of the Aspect Warriors. Yes, that was me. I was in a hundred percent at that point because yes. they were. Oh, even now they're still absolutely some of the some of the most best models that GW have done, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, I I, I did. I, I came out. I did that. Um, I was a little on. I don't want to say beardy 'cause because I don't think I was a hundred percent at the time. This is about right. fifteen years ago. Um but I I was very much of the uh school of the school of let's do a farce here and let's have some um war walkers with um scatter lasers. So I yep. was getting a large amount of uh of uh certainly at the time getting a large amount of shots, I was very much of the school let's throw as much mud at the wall, I'll go with yep. mud, family friendly, uh, as much mud at the wall to see how how well it sticks. So I was have three war walkers with that, with a uh, a farseer who would guide and then doom someone, yep. and then you would just have a large amount of death coming your way. They they could uh, reliably wipe out units at the time. I quite enjoyed that. And then I had my own craft world for that. Uh, they were craft world Caladri, again uh, in a lovely grey and red.
0: I remember the color scheme being quite striking because the grey is kind of muted, but then was it red or it was red? Wasn't it was it? It was red. Yeah. Red was kind of like I thought it was orange for some reason. Really pot.
1: Yeah, I tried to do it a little, I tried to make it, um, a little bit different so that they did, um, it was a, a kind of a, started off quite a dark red, but it had quite, it, it did almost go orange in terms of the highlight. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is probably why you thought that. Um, so I did that, and it worked really, for me, I think it really worked. It was a really nice color scheme. The great thing about Eldar, one of the good things I like about Eldar is that as soon as you start using Aspect Warriors.
0: Yeah, that's what you, I was going to ask you about.
1: Yeah, I, I'm very much of a, again, I'm, I like my fluff. I don't think Aspect Warriors should ma- should be painted in the same colour as the rest of the uh, craft world.
0: Okay, so they should be completely in their shrine colours.
1: Yes. Okay. To an extent,
0: with a bit of, with a little bit of a tie-in.
1: I, I didn't do a tie-in. I think I may have done like a, like a um, a couple of the um, like loin if they had like a bit or a little bit of like I would do it in a grey. Um, but for all intents and purposes, I believe they were still just... They just mm-hmm. had their own color schemes. The one thing I did do... So I did the army on a desert base. It was something slightly different from what I would normally do, and yep. usually I'm doing it in a nice kind of drab, earthy, gray kind of color with some grass on it. I decided I'd do something different. I wanted to do something slightly different for these guys, and so I did them on a desert base, and the striking scorpions are just gorgeous models. And yep. I had to... Again, I was working for them, so I could easily get get someone a little bit cheaper than normal. So I got myself a nice squad of 10 striking scorpions. Yes. The problem is, striking scorpions are very much the sneaky, infiltratory, I'm going to appear behind you and surprise you, aha, yep. kind of thing. Green. Bright green. Bright green, uh, which is, you know, that's the, the normal color scheme for the scorpions, is not something that you tend to associate with, um, Stealth, stealth in, in in yeah, in certainly in the desert. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I for, so for them I completely redid it. I did them in, I did them in a bone. I kind of did a, a black undersuit with bone plates, um, kind of going up to a white a highlight. And they looked uh, blowing my own. Tr- I think I uh, glossed them as well, I glossed the armor as well to make it look like I say make it look like a scorpion, but to give it that kind of chitinous yeah. kind of color. Chitinous, chitinous, I believe it is. My apologies. But to give them that kind of kitness look. So they ended up, I, I again, I'm, I don't want to blow my entrance, but I think they turned out they were one of my standout units in terms of the, how yep. the army looked. I think um, it's okay to say that. <laughs> I, I really liked how they turned out. And it kind of made me realize that if you're doing, you know, you don't have to do everything exactly the way the codex is or you no. know, they show in the codex. Again, I think for me it's just if there's a story behind it. I think you know that's the you know I, I'm I think that's a really good thing to do. You can come up with a bit of fluff as to why, uh, that's fine. Um, along with that, I also then that was the time when the new Wraith Lord came out. It was Ooh, in plastic yes. and it was lovely. Um, and I wanted to do a so it kind of reminded me of Predator, like the the, the, Sk- yep. the striking scorpions. They've so, got that vibe. They have that vibe to them. And so what I ended up doing, I wanted to do. Um I almost did one my ideal was to have a wraith lord for uh, a wraith lord for each of the shrines and essentially have one of the um the aspect warriors who has died they they died in their previous aspect and somehow that's taken over so each of the shrines almost would have its own wraith lord yeah um so I created a striking scorpion wraith lord um yep. with uh, I mean it wasn't great in terms of uh, game terms because it had a shuriken cannon that wasn't the best gun at the time, but I gave it a Shuriken Cannon because Striking Scorpions have Shuriken Absolutely. Pistols, and I gave it a—it um, counted as a Wraith Blade, I think, is what it was called. I can't remember now. Yep. Um, but I did it as um, a bit like the claws that Predator, like the Predator yep. has, with these two giant claws just coming off its wrist. Yep. So I nicked a couple of the um, the swords from the, the Wraith Blades, stuck it over there a little bit of um, kind of plating over the top just to hide some lines and there are heights and joins and everything. And now I had a striking scorpion kind of look. Um, and to finish it off, um, I converted it up a bit so it was striding forward a little bit more um, and gave it a whole load of the, I don't know what they are, the tussles?
0: Ta- materially dangly tassle. The material bits, the ones which, you mean
1: yeah which no one uses because they just break off everything. Yep. But um, I, used to, I used to got a whole load of those, stuck those on the back of the head to make it look yes, like the dreads from the... Uh, Striking Scorpion Exarch. So um, I remember
0: you were doing this at the same time as I was doing my Eldar army that happens yep. when this release came out because I was a staffer at the same time. Yep. And I did the Dire Avenger yep. Wraith Lord. Oh yes. With so a, on a, on a similar kind of vein. Yeah. With things that tie it into the aspect. So I had a plume on his helmet nice. because that seemed ridiculous. And I did a, I did a plastic card shimmer shield to go on yeah. his his left arm. And I think that, yeah, he also wasn't good because he didn't have a bright lance. Yeah, so that was the all star cannon. Either, or, either yeah. or, um, he had a Shuriken cannon. Yeah, um, but it looked cool. But it so looks cool, what counts, right? And that's
1: the thing. I think that at certain points, I, I think there, I've kind of realised that. Do you know what? If it looks good, that for me, if something looks good, it's more important than if it plays well. You know. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, I mean, that was one of the many. That was one of the many just normal Eldar armies that I did. Craft World Eldar armies. I've done. <laughs> um. I've done. Several of them, but I, and up and and then the new drukari. Well, the drukari came out, and I was well. Sorry, the dark elder came out as they were back then, and yeah, I my sold myself soul and went over there and joined the the partying that's in Kamora.
0: Yeah, speaking of partying, I'm always going to miss the fact with your with the current drukari that you don't get to take combat drugs with your
1: yeah. with your drukari I was because, thinking about that earlier.
0: Oh, those you you're a gambling man, Tim and uh yeah that, that guy was on everything
1: oh yeah so my archon up until the latest edition my archon will be on every cocktail of drugs that you could take that he could take <sighs> he still is in my head canon yeah He's, definitely the, they, they still are uh so certainly the, the the one that the one i currently got painted yeah he still is and he is um always going to be just up for if he could he'd be dip, you know taking as much as he could and Whenever I go into combat in back in third edition, he'd have be rolling three D six for his combat drugs and undoubtedly we're just OD just just as he's about to strike the killing blow.
0: Yeah, I've seen him die at least once from his own drugs. Yeah at least. So as we are dredging back into the annals of history, um I'm gonna dredge up the Necron army that I did. Oh god, this was before I was a staff member, maybe, even way back this is a long time back. Yeah. So I like Necrons. I think Necrons are cool.
1: Current Necrons?
0: We'll get back to that in a sec. Okay. I don't like metallic Necrons necessarily, and by metallic I mean there are some interesting things you can do, and some of them look amazing. I don't just like metal or bolt gun dry brush, dry brush, black. dry brush. Yeah, I mean you can do that if that's your thing. That's fine. I it's not. I, I don't particularly like it. Yeah. I like a little bit of little bit of variance from 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 that. I went out of the way to think. Well, what's different from being metal plated? 'Cause I was like, I could do them with like gold, but it's still just a metallic. I was like, now let's go with some ceramic-looking armor plates. So let's pick white, yep, because that makes sense. Yep. Um. So I did them with white ceramic plating, mm. and all the under parts, so like the connecting parts. Yeah. I thought, what well, would offset them really nicely? Black. Yep. Black sets off white really nicely. Yeah. So I had this torturous task of painting them.
1: White, black and and black. white and
0: black. I remember that it was, it was Space Wolf Grey. Okay. With a then white over the top in, as a layer. So the Space nice. Wolf was obviously like the shading. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. But, you know, over a black primer, it takes how many coats of Space Wolf and then how many coats of white. It was a mistake. It looked cool. Yeah. Because um, they had these glossy white armor panels and everything. It just drove me bonkers.
1: Yeah. I think we've all at some point tried to dally with a black and white armor.
0: Once. Not again. Never again. I'm a bigger fan of the older Necron Fluff, now that you ask. Their new stuff's cool. I don't think it's bad. Um, I like that it does give them a bit more character. And mm-hmm. people obviously like that. And a lot of 40K is about the character. Yeah. I just really enjoyed them as the emotionless death machine that has been woken up and now will not stop.
1: And sla- the Slaves to the Catan.
0: Slaves to the Catan. They were their pawns and... And they were terrifying in the Terminator kind of way, mm-hmm. where it will relentlessly come for you, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. Obviously, they don't have that so much now, but they do have a richer backstory with the story that they were, you know, basically tricked into a bargain where they are now. They were a race that's now inhabiting the machine bodies, and basically, the poor people ended up as the Necron warriors, and yeah. the, the richer ones <laughs> end up with the better, better. Body suit,
1: yeah. uh, Better circuitry, better UIs. I don't know, know.
0: but I I really do prefer their old, their old fluff. I did what I always like to do and go with painting the models that I like. Um, So warriors were always good. I liked the real Necron, Necron stuff. So warriors, immortals, destroyers. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not want to paint the back in the day pariahs because they were. Humanoids? Um, I can't of, remember their backstory. So the
1: pariahs I, were they humans, uh, I believe. So they, the, the pariahs were, um, I think, human pariahs, literally. They were untouchables. Warp nulls, yeah. Yeah, warp that The necrons are captured and then reprogrammed somehow. I would essentially made them into pariahs, transferred their essence into... Okay. A living, I think. I'm not sure if they were. Li- I don't think they were actually Necrons either, were they? I believe rules wise, rules wise, they were not Necrons. No, so they, yeah, they didn't get that backup. So they were just kind of augmented people, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and I mean, rules wise, I liked playing with the Necrons until you phased out. So this was the old mm-hmm. rule for anyone who didn't play back then, where if you were reduced to 25 percent model count wise. ...of the models in your army, uh, your army immediately teleported off the battlefield and you lost. Yeah, good times. Now, I'm going to struggle to remember if that was before or after you got the chance to bring them back with... Um...
1: I think it was after.
0: Okay. So, I mean, you, you got the chance to resurrect them beforehand. Yeah. Um, I really didn't like that rule because sometimes the game would be on a knife edge and your army would just leave. Yeah. Or... I think it was a
1: tie over back to the original second edition um Necrons when they were there and then they had like one set of models and they were not good uh, well two sets if you include the scarabs Um and that's kind of the rules that they had back then because they were quite powerful and to offset yeah. that they took it down but yeah I don't think they need that rule anymore I and mean, I don't think they have that rule now do they?
0: No they don't have that rule anymore oh, which, is, which, is, which is great I'm glad it's gone Um I found the whole army to be really hit and miss there were some super powerful things in the army like the resurrection orb was, was really really good standard it, for everyone you just you just had to take it um, this was back in the days when you actually bought war gear as well rather than just um, wait isn't it you you would buy from the war gear inventory yeah. go in and pick your stuff I remember the phylactery driving people bonkers that was the one that brings your lord back
1: um, oh yeah after a, it's died on a yeah on a either one two mm. or three wounds or something like that yeah
0: so you could go back up to full wounds and it was done after the phase where they could try and do something about it so you mm-hmm. would just at the end of the turn just pop back up again and really yeah. really drive people nuts I remember that the Lord was... People were always scared of the Necron Lord. He wasn't very good, but he had a Warp Scythe,
1: which yeah which ignored to ignore vulnerable
0: saves. It was the only weapon in the game, apart from the face blade of the assassin.
1: Catan face blade. Katan yeah.
0: face blade that did that. Yeah. Um, I just remember people would be like, um,
1: they're yeah, not that good, yeah, gonna, but
0: he could just inadvertently kill me, so I'm going to steer clear. I'm
1: going to keep my Farseer well <laughs> away from him. Yeah.
0: But overall, I didn't join the army just i got very frustrated with the phase out and then the models themselves um did that thing where they had those spindly little guns that all started to snap and break and yeah. the immortals were the they had the two coils in the middle yeah the, the two rods um, but they were either side was a very thin metal strip that then had the metal gun facing on the end yeah. and they never stayed together no ever good old metal so models. i don't miss those the plastic ones are cool yeah. and do
1: they still have the plastic rods
0: not in the immortals, no. Okay. The immortals, actually, the only people who have it now are the Necron warriors, and maybe the really old Fine Castle Lord. Right. Okay. Everybody else has got the kind of glowy bits built into like a little. Just it's part of the gun now. It doesn't, okay. doesn't, it doesn't have neon rods. You right. just paint You the glow paint it into how you the, want to do yeah. it.
1: Okay. I do. I do. I, I toyed with the idea of a Necron army, like yourself. I think the ceramic is probably the best mm. one. Um, but I do think, for me, the biggest. Issue I have with with the new Necron rules is the, the huge retcon they did on the Catan, whereas they yeah. were we are the masters, all powerful, and then all of a sudden they're not, and in fact they are the slaves, which I found strange.
0: Yeah, it was a bit of a weird one, but you know, yeah, you know what they've, I uh, think they did put a lot more effort into the codex this the codexes this time now that they've they spun the story into something bigger than it was, then. it gives them more opportunities to get involved in. Other theatres of war rather than just, oh, you woke up my tomb world now, I'm going to kill you.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think that, it, it, that and that's kind of what you need going forward. Shall we have things off with a hobby tip then? Let's do that. Right,
0: so, hobby tip, going back to the basics, I wanted to cover priming.
1: Yes, so I can think this comes from your uh, previous misfortune with the Drukari.
0: I mean, yeah, so, priming 101, don't buy Korax white for the love of God i tell you what though, the new. Right, before we get too off track of what I plan to say, okay. those new primers are really, really good. The Grey Seer and the Wraithbone.
1: The one for the contrast?
0: Yeah, the one for contrast. If you're looking to go with a really bright colour scheme and want to prime in something that's bright, go with those guys. They're really, really good. good Forget to know. Corax White. Good to know. In fact, they, they, t- they have tried to correct the formula in Corax White to make it less bad, but uh, once I Once burnt. Trust it. Yeah, once no. burnt, never go back. Oh, yeah. So. First of all, cover the basics. The basics that everybody knows, and I don't need to tell you, except I regularly forget to do at least one of these when I prime my models. Um, So I need to have like a checklist, I think, that I actually stick the checklist on the can so I can't screw this up, because I always do it.
1: Stick it on your paint stick.
0: Nice. Yeah, I love a paint stick. Before we get to that, though, step one, warm up the can. I have found that you can get away with priming in not perfect conditions by warming up the can. So you know, stand it in a jug of warm water for five minutes, just to get the paint runnier, more fluid, ready to go. Every single time, I think I'm only priming one model. I don't want to go through the faff, warming the can. I just want to nip outside. It's a bit of a overcast day. I want to get out there, prime him, get back in again. Every single time I do that. I get like a blockage in the can nozzle. It starts sputtering because the paint's too thick. I've done something... I managed to screw up multiple models and have to kind of go back to start again just because I skipped the warm the paint can section. Very important, then. Feels lazy.
1: Yes, I agree. Sometimes you just got to be... A li- you do want to be lazy, but I think, as you said, it's an important one just to um, allow for that runniness, I guess, the more, yep. make it more fluid and allow it to just get a more even...
0: It's definitely the evenness. It makes a yeah. massive difference with the evenness. Shake the can properly.
1: How would you do that, Rich? <clears throat> so... I. What's your technique, Rich?
0: It's not the shake the can up and down, like it shows you on the back of the box.
1: Really? How would you do it?
0: I found that actually swirling the can, um. Hmm. As
1: if you were making a cocktail.
0: Yeah, as if you are making a cocktail, swirl the can, I think you get a better mix. Interesting. I have absolutely no data to back this up. I just think that you get a better mix. You're being very rotty on this, aren't you? I am. Ooh, nice. we'll, we'll get on to that one. Good reference, him. I do want to come back to talking about results-orientated thinking on a future episode. Okay. So uh, I'll make sure to uh, credit you for that one. Thank you. Priming light coats. I'm also guilty of thinking I'm priming one model. I'll just... <laughs> call it dumb.
1: Following on from, I believe, as you refer to our Lord Duncan?
0: Yeah. Do two thin, thin coats? coats, man. Like, at minimum two ideally three layers of of primer i don't remember the last time i actually did it three times it's always two duncan says two for a reason every time i think i'll just one shot this it goes horribly wrong and i continually don't learn from my mistakes which is the big problem
1: (laughs) i think so i'm this is one of the things where i i never do i'm very bad for this i am okay go for it yeah um, just what do you do? It, no, no, I, I do one. I do one coat. Do shotgun. I, I just kind of just just spray the thing until it's all covered, and then I kind of just deal with it. And I think that's just because I am, I'm either I'm, I'm just so excited to get painting. I just want to get it done, yeah, as quickly as possible. Um, and and I think that's it. I know I need to be. I have I have started doing better in thinner coats. It's it's a discipline thing. It's it is a time
0: discipline thing. And I think that I always think, oh, it's going to save me time to just like this, and it costs me in the long run. Yeah. Um, I just kind of need to. Remind myself of that before I prime next time. Invert the can afterwards to clean it. So, if I'm remembering rightly, can of paint is 90% paint, 10% compressed propellant. I'm which, going to take your word, which is that. a gas that's compressed into a liquid. It floats on the top of the can, and there's actually a, ch- a tube that goes down inside the can right to the bottom where the paint gets sucked up. So, the liquid expands at the top of the can into a gas pushes the paint downwards, goes up the tube and out the nozzle.
1: That's science, kids.
0: Yes. I'm lazy and you're supposed to turn your can upside down and spray it for like a second so that propellant comes out through the mix because the propellant then goes to the, the entrance to the tube, flushes out all the paint that's in the nozzle, stops it from drying and clogging the nozzle. I never do it. I keep going back to my paint cans and the first spray is like... and it just spits everywhere and this chunk of paint comes flying out. Uh, at least once I've got it on the model and had to pick it off, um, I really should remind myself to just quickly turn the can upside down, spray it quickly, and, and clear the nozzle.
1: So we, this is number four, correct? Yes. I'm zero for four. Okay. This is good. For for my normal normal spraying.
0: Maybe it doesn't matter then.
1: No, I think it, I think it does. It's <laughs> just I'm just lazy and, and and just impatient.
0: I can edit out your admission if you wish to. No,
1: no, I'm good. Okay, I'll stick I'll go with that. With
0: it. And the last one... Um, Spray in sensible conditions.
1: So Um, not out in the rain?
0: Not in the rain, not in the damp, high humidity, whether it's hot or cold, and not when it's pissing, freezing. Why not, Rich? Uh, It interferes with the paint's adherence to the model. It makes it granular sometimes. I think from a science point of view, there's extra moisture in the air, so the paint interacts with the the water droplets in the air before it hits the model, creating a less smooth mix and sometimes a bit of texture, especially in the GW colour primers. Love them, spray them in the wet, and they will wreck your model. Oh,
1: good job I'm not using those at the moment.
0: Fair enough, yep. Right, so once we've got all those basics out of the way, which I always forget to do, um, you mentioned it earlier, paint stick. Yeah. I am a massive fan of using the paint stick. As Dave mocked me in the past, my paint stick is now more double-sided sticky tape than it is actual piece of wood.
1: It's a sign of a good paint stick, isn't
0: it? It is, and I used to... Be one of the people who sprayed in the box lid. I still do. Wow, you're 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 really ruining my theories here, Tim. I'll, no, this wonder. is
1: this is ju- uh, this is just showing that there are some people who still need to learn the basics. Okay, <laughs> and I, that's why I'm here. It-, it
0: just makes getting under the model a nightmare. Like the box method, I've used it loads of times before. It's great for coating the sides and top of the model, but getting underneath, you've got to lay your model down, spray it. And then not flip your model over because the paint still went on the front, which I've done that as well. I've got yeah. lazy before but I'll just flip the model over. It won't it won't it won't ruin it because it's just a gun tip. Gun tip sticks to the cardboard. Yeah. Pain in the arse. With the stick you can hold it up in the air and get a good spray from underneath to cover those angles and it just takes it I think it actually speeds up the priming process. It takes you a minute to apply the double sided sticky tape to the stick and put the models on it. Um, but they're secure, so you won't accidentally blast them off, which happens yep. with the box sometimes. And uh, you can really get underneath them a lot better.
1: So I do something. I'm I, I I I'm hybrid, I guess. Okay. I take my box lid, uh, to which I apply th- two or three rows of double-sided sticky tape, and then okay. I'll then stick my models in rows across that. So I then end up with like two or ro- two or three rows of of them, and do it that way. The issue with that is you don't. Whilst you can get the angles for some of it, you can't get all of them. Um, so you do end. I do end up having to kind of hold it all at weird angles. I do need to get a paint stick. Uh, I, this is one of the things I, tr- I I know I really need to do. Um, I just haven't got around to doing it yet.
0: I think the paint stick is super important if you're using contrast paints because that primer has to cover up 100% of the model to have the, the effects work properly. Mm-hmm. You can't just be like, I'll oh, just block in a bit of dark colour down there yeah. like you can do with a, with a black with black primer.
1: I still haven't used the contrasts.
0: Oh, you should have a go one next time. Um, I mean, I've, got, I've got a couple of them. They're worth having yeah. a feff around with. though. They're pretty cool. Don't crowd the models, which I think comes back to the access point overall. It kind of falls with the, with the paint stick. I, I've been in the past guilty of putting too many models too close together to be efficient with the sticky tape and the spraying time. Um, and it's the spray. not because it's not because you end up with um, patchiness on sides of the models because the paint just can't get to them nicely.
1: Yep, I've done that before.
0: Sub-assemblies. Dave's talked about this before. Uh, sub-assembly priming. Um, he did it with his black Templars because of the, the difference between white and black. Yep. Uh, I'm working on some admec bits and bobs at the moment that I'm, well, I'm planning to. I've started doing some building work on them. Uh, I'm going to spray them in two halves because I want their legs to be completely metallic. So I'm just going to spray them with the bolt gun and then do the top half a different colour. Nice. So I think I'm going to paint the most of the sub-assemblies. Really good if you want to use different, really different colours that you don't want to try and layer over the top of each other.
1: I've only done it once. and it's only So this is with the Noise Marine. I've done the main torso, uh, I've got all that stuck together, and then I've got the arms completely separate, and the only reason for that, uh, I did that, is after listening to you guys talk about it. Oh, wow. No, so I, I, I am us. learning, I am learning, Rich, <laughs> from the Masters.
0: And for really small pieces, um, I've kind of watched a couple of people online, and they glue really small pieces that you want to prime different colour to a corner of a sprue piece okay in a, in a point where you're going to then clip it off and attach it yep. like the back of a hand or something like that, and um glue it onto a base and then it will stick on your sticky tape and you can spray it as normal nice. get all the bits and pieces done on you and then just clip it off and, and attach it to the model as long as you've glued it by a bit that's going to be hidden by a joint you fine. Won't even see it
1: yep, I like that um, one thing i have well, have done for single individual models I have discovered so if you're magnetizing them. Yep. What works well, what I've found is I've used the... So I've got the, the lid of a spray can. Oh, right, yep. Stuck to it a two-pence piece.
0: Isn't copper... Copper magnetic?
1: So, a single penny... Is it a knock-off two-pence piece? I don't know. So, a <laughs> single penny... Is not magnetic. Okay. A one-pence piece is not magnetic. A two-pence piece is. Really? Yes. So I've, science. Uh, I, I, I don't know why, but um, yeah, so I've I, I stuck both down. I thought one-pence piece, that would be fine. Stuck it down before testing. Stuck it on. It didn't work. So I then went, well, what about this one? Oh, the two-pence piece works fine. So I've stuck that down. So I now have, if I'm doing a single individual character, I will ma- make sure it's magnetized and then I'll just stick it on that and that saves it from, I don't have to use the tape for that one. Genius. That well. So that's just something else I found out.
0: Nice tip. And finally, choosing your colours. Um, I'm a big fan of car primer for black. Um, A matte car primer that's designed to prime uh, the plastic bodywork of cars more importantly than the actual metals. Um, So it goes over GW plastics really nicely and doesn't damage them at all. Um, If not, colour colour priming. So, as mentioned, GW's colour primers are amazing if used correctly. correctly. I've used Army Painter once and I found it to be utter garbage. Um, I've had other people swear by it, so I think it's just the colour because I was spraying a yellow, and I'm right. guessing that yellow is a very difficult colour to have as a base prime.
1: No one should paint yellow. That's the Iron Warrior in me. The- okay,
0: fair enough. um So, yeah, I, I do love the GW ones. The colour match for me is what wins it over. As with the, the Death Guard as an example, so much of the model's paint work was done by being able to prime it in the right colour. It's a shame they've reduced their range. I don't know if new ones might come out further down the line, so I'm crossing my fingers that they kind of expanded a little more because it was great when they had things like Mephiston Red, so you could just burst your Blood Angels straight out of can.
1: Yeah, I can see that being good, and maybe in the future because they've done it before. They did, they did it with um, oh way back, yeah, way back they did it, and then they were limited, and then they they kind of they had them for a little while, and they went away, and I who knows they may do that again. Me, I do everything black. Um, that's the goth in me. I was gonna say that's the goth Tim coming um, through. I probably could have done the greys, like my my army uh is a grey. I could, probably could have done that in a uh um in a primer somehow, but I, I like the I think I'm just so stuck in my ways of do it black and paint everything on top of that.
0: If it works for you, stick at it. Yeah. Right, and that brings us nicely to the end. So a reminder that you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash floorhammer podcasts, our website floorhammerpodcast.com and on Instagram at floorhammer underscore podcast.
1: Thank you again for coming on Tim. Thank you for having me back. And um and yeah, thanks to Dave for uh, allowing me to cover on his paternity leave. Yes, um, he's
0: enjoying himself. I, well, I think so. I'm sure he is. I'm yeah.
1: sure he is. And when he comes back, I'm looking forward to hearing what excuses he's had. Or, or no hobby.
0: It's going to be baby, 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 didn't sleep, baby, I guaranteed. I mean,
1: surely, you know, something to, if you want to get, get yourself to sleep, surely doing some hobby is a good way of doing that, you would have thought.
0: I don't see why you can't hold a baby in one in the crook of your arm and the miniature in your hand and then the brush in the other hand and just oh, exactly. dip, I've it seen in, dip it in the water. As long as you don't dip it in the milk, you're good to go.
1: Yeah, exactly. And even then, the paint's non-toxic, so it's fine.
0: <laughs> Safety tips from Tim.
1: I, I still, you know, I'm sure we all still look at our brushes, so, you know
0: oh yeah definitely cheers Tim thanks Rich catch you all again soon
1: bye